Welcome back into another show. This is your girl Blythe with another best of recap from this week's Helmets and Heels show, where this week we talk about the Jags per the usual sports viewing habits, cheerleaders in sports, and reflect on the mass shootings here in Jacksonville. We're going to start off with a little bit of the lighter topics. So first up, let's break down the Jaguars' dress rehearsal against the Falcons and if we should be worried about Blake Bortles. Uh, so before we get to Donna having a baby, uh, <laughs> let's get to a little Blake Bortles. BB5 has had a little bit of an up and down preseason, excellent offseason, excellent training camp. But he has thrown some interceptions. Demarf, you're the one person who I think is primarily, I'll say, I won't, I don't want to say anti Blake Bortles, but you're certainly not in the Blake Bortles camp. And I think you might have another person joining you in Lauren Rue. But before we get to that, I, I saw Twitter attack her. Yeah, um, and and I felt bad, Rue. No, I was like, no, man, no reason to feel bad. I don't even get this attacked no. as often, but I it's think people right. are probably used to it by now because um, they know you're also. <laughs> Look, I do love you some Tom Brady. We get it. Well. I, I don't want to I don't want to bash him because of obviously of everything that he just did for the first responders. That's just it just seems cruel. It, it does. And so I'm trying to take a step back, trying to evaluate. Now, do you want to put everything that you see all into the preseason? Because you can't. It's hard. It's you know, like Rue mentioned last week, I think it was, you know, when the Lions won all the preseason games and then they lost every single game. You know, um, is this going to be the Bortles we see this season? I hope not. I, I, I really hope not. I just I just want him to read defenses better. That's that's all I want. You know, other than I don't ask a lot. Are you seeing stuff that you don't like other than those? Well, it's 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 more of because a lot of times I'll, I, I get it. People will be like, well, the receiver dropped what that one. All right. <laughs> There's only so many every receiver can mm-hmm. drop. You know, was it behind the receiver? Yeah. So could it be better? Could it be more accurate? Yes. Uh, was it a tip ball? So what didn't he read in that defense? That's 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 more. I just just study the defense more. That's all. That's all I ask. That's that's all I want. I just want to see him elevate his defensive game. Well, I'm shocked that it hasn't sent you into labor yet at this point, <laughs> just based off of. No. Prior conversations. I right, Blythe, how do you feel? Uh, with Blake in particular, I think this is going to be the same situation we saw last year. Teams are going to make Blake beat him or beat them and not really force anything else on the field. And, and, and Blake has to prove that this is the first year that he's really had, that, that, that he can build up his confidence and that he can go into an offseason with not necessarily a chip on his shoulder that he has to prove anything. The only thing he really has to prove is that he can be consistent. And, and we know that he can win in the playoffs. We know that, that he can do a lot of things with his legs. But there is some moments where you just it, it, he makes you scratch your head, and I think that is who he is. And, you know, perfect example, the, the, I think it was like a 10-yard shuffle pass mm-hmm. when, he when he was trying to avoid the sack, and it's like, no, just take the sack because then you're going to or, – or throw it away. But then the, the, the shuffle pass to, to Yeldon, who wasn't even expecting it, that's one of those bonehead decision plays that you, you just don't – you're thankful that it happens in the preseason, not the regular season. That's one of the plays that I turned to TJ and I was like, yeah. I don't know whether to say, damn, you're lucky, or dang, that was a great decision. Mm-hmm. Like I don't – it's that thin line. He goes, oh, that was a good decision. I'm like, ah. Is there any chance, know. though, that he's kind of also in his in his mind going, it's the preseason, I'm going to have some fun with this? Man, I hope no. not. No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's All scary. Right, <laughs> um, 
So Blake Bortles is an average quarterback, sometimes and less than that, and sometimes a little bit better than that. But the reality is we have a really small sample size of what we're looking at as far as the preseason goes. To live and die with everything that he does right now is, is not ideal, right? Um, however, if all we get to go off of so far this season is what he's shown us in the preseason, it's not great. Right. I mean, the interceptions themselves, the questionable decisions at times, again, not of huge sample size, but he has not wowed me. I don't expect him to be great all of the time because that's not who he is. But look, there's a lot riding on this season there. Again, the, the, the concept of the expectations being sky high is something that we'll go back to throughout the season. People expect this team. A lot of people expect this team to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And traditionally speaking, Super Bowl teams are led more often than not by a franchise quarterback at times. And he's really not one. I mean, he's not proven that he is a guy that can lead a team to a Super Bowl. Now, he's led them to an AFC championship game, and he did that with a lot of help from his defense, which we expect the same from uh, again this year. But for me, for somebody who's not from here, who's not a Jags fan, I tend to come in with a little more critical eye. That's just kind of the way I'm wired. Even if this was my team, I'd be equally as critical. I'm equally as critical of my alma mater from time to time. So um, Blake, to me, hasn't done anything that I'm thrilled with, and he's not done anything that I'm like, oh, my God, this is this season's not going to get off the ground. This is going to be a disaster. So, again, for me, it's like, eh, I just stay in that. I don't really know where to go from this and let's get the regular season started and let's see four quarters of Blake Bortles and take off the, well, it's just preseason gloves that we've put with this. Let's see what he does. And we've got to sit through one more preseason game before we get there. Yeah. And he certainly, I don't expect him to play at all in uh, Thursday night's game. See, here's the one thing though. If if we look at it from a broader perspective, how well did Kirk Cousins play? The yeah, but I don't. That game. What How I, well did Matt Ryan play? No, no in that but game? what I don't do, what I don't do personally, and and this is just a personal way of looking at things. I don't, I don't judge what team A does versus what somebody else. I mean, uh, my job and what I try to do is look at the team in front of me, and then whoever they play, uh, and the performance they do, if that makes any sense. Um, so for me to say, well, what about Kirk? It doesn't matter. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't the quarterback for the Jags. Kirk Cousins could be good, bad, or it doesn't matter. The Jacksonville Jaguars are expected to go to the Super Bowl in many people's eyes. So whatever they do is what I'm, I grade them on, not what comparing them to other people. Sure, and nothing matters until the Jaguars play the Giants. But I think when you look at it, it is preseason, and that's how I can look at it. And I look around the league, and I go, well, he didn't play all that well, and he was mm-hmm. a – former MVP, and he didn't play all that well. I mean, so Nick Foles I'm, played like crap. Right, and, and then Nathan <laughs> Peterman's playing fantastic, yet in his right. first game ever, he had thrived five interceptions. So I, I just don't think we can look at it no. through this microscope. It is preseason. I just I want to caution people from going, who were maybe way too high in training camp, at, that Blake is going to be phenomenally better. No, he is still the same quarterback. Hopefully he's learned more lessons by playing more. And then for people going – the opposite way and jumping off the deep end, just take a deep breath. <laughs> this offense actually has performed really well. They had 10 plays of over 14 yards Saturday night. So yeah. there are there are leaps and bounds and things getting better. All right, let's get to a little bit more Jaguars talk. Live, you were in the stadium when wide receiver Mark Heasley was hit and went down by the Falcons' safety Kazee. I forget his first name. Uh, I'm trying to forget the play in general, but I can't. 
It's burned in my memory. The moment it happened, I said, he's done. Mm-hmm. Like I, You could just tell. Yeah. Uh, what was the kind of the collective feeling around people in your section? It was just one of those where everybody just simultaneously starts talking about, why do we even need preseason games? And that that, that common argument is immediately brought up anytime a star player goes down. Um, but you knew immediately that when he was laying on the ground for more than 30 seconds, you thought, okay, his, his uh, he's seriously injured. He's at least going to miss a few games. Uh, when they had to bring the card out for him, that, that's when you knew it was going to be for the season. And you just, you feel so bad for the guy because I know that he has sort of a similar reputation to, to a guy like Fred Taylor where he's often thought of as injured all the time. Even though I think I heard on Jaguars today he's played the last 32 games of the last 34. So he's been healthy. He just has this negative connotation that he's always injured. And he just I – mean, it, it, it sucks for him, but it also in sort of a, I guess, a glass half full kind of way, you're looking at the other guys that this is their opportunity to step up. Because it was a not a heated wide receiver battle, but it was a an issue of well, who's going to be the next guy to step up? Because you just assumed that Lee or Moncrief were going to be the guys. Well, and the Jaguars dealt with this last year in the very first game. The true number one wide receiver, Allen Robinson, goes down, tears his ACL. He's out the whole season. So the guys in that locker room ha- have dealt with this before. The guys in the wide receiver room specifically mm-hmm. have dealt with this before, except maybe Moncrief, but. Overall, Marquise is a veteran. He's a leader. He's known as a great run blocker. But, Donna, how do you feel about the rest of the wide receivers there? Do you think they can step up? Did you see anything maybe out of tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins Saturday night that you liked? Um, actually, I haven't seen much of him, which is – I don't know if that's planned. I don't know if – He only played a little bit Bortles, the first game, was out the second game. Right. And then, I, I don't know if him and Bortles aren't connecting well. I, I, I'm not too sure with that one. Um, look, I, I love – the wide receivers here. I think they're stellar. I think they've got great hands. Um, I'm actually, at, all last year, I was a big Keelan Cole fan. Um, so I really want to see him step mm-hmm. up. And um, But then it, it all comes back to number five, you know, if he can get it to him. So I have I have faith in the wide receivers. I, I do. Because Brady no has, you know, kind of junk <laughs> wide receivers at times. But – he we makes keep getting them look rid of good. them. They yeah. retire. Apparently. But he makes them look good, which is the helpful part. Demonte right. Casey. Uh, Lauren, how do you think now that Lee's out, what do you think? Who's going to step up? Who's going to start? I went with this today on Midday Chalk in Dante Moncrief. He's got the most experience, second to uh, Lee, who's out, of course, as you mentioned, for the rest of the season. He's also the biggest of all the wide receivers at 6'2", 220. So I hope that he's the guy, one of the guys that steps up and uses his size when he can. And uses his experience to help. I mean, look, some of these other guys, talking uh, obviously a rookie in Shark. We've got uh, a two-year guy in Didi Westbrook, who people are hoping does some more this year. Keelan Cole, as uh, as Donna mentioned. And you've seen a lot of Westbrook in college. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and he has the ability to do so. He and, um, I mean, Baker Mayfield, at the risk of being slaughtered, is a better quarterback than than, uh, Blake Bortles. So, Keep that in mind as well. Now, At least he was maybe in college. We'll no, see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, they do have one thing in common, though. They both can run around and make plays with their legs. And, and with for Blake, that's the part that's a little bit scary, right? If he's, if he's got the opportunity to pick up a few yards, he's not afraid to lower his head and go get hit. Um, He'll slide if he needs to. Don't, don't worry too much. All right. He's a tough guy. And that's tough, good. He, and also that's what knows, you he knows when he needs to slide. Wait, you yeah. really think Baker Mayfield's better than Blake Bortles? I don't know. I mean – I, maybe it's too early to see, but definitely too early. But but 
But Baker Mayfield, if we're talking D.D. Westbrook and comparing the t- the Blake or uh, Baker Mayfield can do that combination was was killer in college because how good um, uh, Baker was. Blake, I don't think it's fu- fair to compare how D.D. is going to be or how how he was in college with he is now because you've got two again two different quarterbacks. So. Well, in the Big Twelve, that offense is you sling it all over the place. Oh the yeah, Jaguars no, offense absolutely. There's more run balanced. Yeah, all I mean, about the, the run game. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean. It, I was high on Baker Mayfield coming out of college. I like his attitude. I like his aggressiveness. But I don't know that he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. I think he will because of what I've seen, but he's also kind of right. and too again, small. He's Blake, too short. Blake is not great. We're not, I mean, again, at the risk of being run off this show, we're not setting the bar at, like, the goats, right? We're not setting the bar at the Rodgers and the No, he's mid-tier. I would say he's, he's, he's 10 to 15 as far as, like, skill level in right. the league. But still, at the and end again, of the day, he's won two playoff games, and, and this is a guy that's trajectory on the way up, and he hopefully that he can keep it consistent. Well, but and, with- and Tony said something on our, our show Sunday or Saturday night, uh, Saturday afternoon, I should say, about fantasy that I did not know. I've never had Blake Bortles as my fantasy quarterback, so I wouldn't know this. But he's always been in the top 13 mm-hmm. in fantasy points. Now, yep. granted, that does not matter if it doesn't translate to no. a win. No, I mean, I had him Sunday. the past two years, and uh, the, the year before was significantly better because all, all the points were in garbage time. Yeah. But it was still great. Blake has the size, there's no doubt. And, and again, Baker has not stepped on the field in a regular season game yet, so there's a lot to be determined there. But, but Dee Westbrook, yeah, people are expecting more out of him this year now, especially with uh, – with Lee being out. And it just depends. Do they take five wide receivers or do they take six now with Lee gone? I don't know. I think they were always going to take six, but now there's a battle. Well, there's less of a battle really for the five to six, but now they'll have a guy like Rashad Green probably and a guy like Jadon Mickens, whereas before they were battling for that job and it was really coming down to who was going to become the punt returner. But now you're looking at it, they probably can both make the team and that's not better than having Marquise Lee, but at least you had a battle at that, and it wasn't just a clear, oh, these are our top five guys. So they have options, and, and you know, we talked about it last week. Coach Hackett, the offensive coordinator, was happy almost that they didn't have a number one wide receiver. At least that's what he said, uh, because there are so many different options. But at the same time, this team now has to regroup, and at least if it was going to happen in preseason, it happened when they have time now to make these decisions, and they didn't cut a guy that then got signed. Right. You know, and they're then lost that or down that guy. I don't know if y'all caught that Baker Mayfield is better than Blake Bortles comment, but if you were watching our live stream on YouTube, I'm pretty sure you could hear my jaw dropping to the ground in astonishment. Now, next up, we have the talent shuffle at ESPN. And if our sports viewing habits will be changing anytime soon because of this change up at ESPN. All right, Blythe, you suggested this topic about ESPN making show changes. And by the way, the Michelle Beadle one, I think, was was the easiest possibly to do because she was on air saying she's not going to watch college football or NFL football. And it's kind of hard to be on a show that, that talks about sports <laughs> if you're not going to watch the two most popular sports going on in the fall. Uh, so that one, I think, made sense. But uh, you kind of wanted to know how does it change people's perception of not just ESPN, but also their way of, of getting news. Yeah, I, news. I think, especially with ESPN, and I just realized, like, oh, well, they're making a whole bunch of changes again. Is that going to make me want to watch them? And no, 
it's not. I, I can't tell you the last time that I actually sat down and watched Sports Center. Either if it's first thing in the morning, I know they're trying to make the first thing in the morning Sports Center just strictly about sports, which is what it should have always been. And then I know that 6 p.m. Sports Center is is uh, a staple, but I just don't watch. I don't consume ESPN anymore outside of Monday Night Football, and I don't even really watch Monday Night Football anymore because you have your Thursday night game. You have sometimes you have a really great you know college game on Fridays. That's very rare. It's usually later in the season, but then you have a full slate of games on Saturday and you have a full slate of games on Sunday. So by the time Monday rolls around, I'm wore out, and most of the time ESPN doesn't even get the good Monday Night Football games anymore. So I just I, I sort of was just wondering how will this make you want to watch ESPN or is it going to change, or is it? Do you see yourself watching less sports coverage? I guess in general over the next five years or so. I mean, I watch less ESPN now than ever, just for the fact of I love Good Morning Football. Yeah, that is NFL a great Network, show, and I love um, internet uh, in- intentional talk on MLB Network. Like the, the other networks for specific sports are fantastic, mm. and that's what you want to see right now. I don't need to watch an hour of Sports Center just so I can get my two minutes of Red Sox highlights. I will mm. rather turn on MLB Network and get a good 10 to 15 minutes of if I missed anything. So like you, you watch more like network coverage I now do. versus anything else. Because yeah. I'll watch – I won't watch ESPN. I'll get the majority of my sports news from podcasts and documentaries and mostly YouTube because Good Morning Football puts yeah. their, their show on YouTube, so I'll watch it there. Mm-hmm. I use Twitter a lot for anything. I mean, it's the first thing I check in the morning. I don't. I hardly turn on the television in the morning. That's mm-hmm. a lot because my kids turn into like zombies and <laughs> won't get their asses in gear for school if I have the TV on. But I open Twitter first thing to check any kind of breaking news that may have happened or just to get caught up on things. And it's funny because this morning I bounced from get up to Wingo and Gullick and then uh, Good Morning Football. Mm-hmm. And I kind of bounced through all three and um, get up always felt forced. I thought that lineup was was kind of forced together. Mm-hmm. Michelle Beadle did not want to be part of that. They threw five million bucks at her and she goes, OK, well, I'm not turning down five million dollars. Yeah, same. <laughs> so so she found a way to remove herself and then still have another job with ESPN. And that's covering the NBA where she'd rather be anyway, it sounds like. So kudos to her for, I guess, figuring out a way to say I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that and still having a job after the fact. Well, I guess because right? she's in a contract. So they, they figure if they're paying her, then they may as well put Paid her in something. Paid or do something, something else. Sure. Um, but for me, like I said, I, I, I truly value local coverage, especially when it comes to radio. I know that sounds like I'm buttering up where we work, but, but for me, especially being new to the area, I get, I need to know what's going on. I need to know more about the Jags. I'm not going to get any Jags coverage like this anywhere else. So I always turn on, I mean, when I'm getting ready in the morning, I always put on the drill with you guys, and then it transitions, obviously, into Jaguars today, which is Jaguars heavy, which for me is perfect because I can learn a whole lot more from that than I do watching a 30-second clip on uh, Good Morning Football when they're talking about Des Bryant to the Jags is like, Fun dip and a nacho cheese. I mean, you know what I mean? And that's fun, and that's their thing, and they and they go back and forth. And that's great, and that's entertainment. But I'm trying, for me personally, right now where I am, I've got to get totally immersed in all things Jags and all things what this market is. And so for me, I have to stay local. Yeah, and I, of course, first thing in the morning, don't do anything other than come to work uh, and check Twitter. But for the most part, I would say ESPN is still a staple for me, but I don't choose to watch any of the shows that they're putting together. 
if I'm watching something, it is absolutely a sport that's going on on ESPN. I love the baseball coverage that they do, and I love, obviously, anything football. They have a ton of college football games on Saturdays. But, yeah, I'm not going to sit down and be like, okay, they've got either Get Up or the old Michael Smith and Jamel Hill show at, mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. Like that, She's that, gone to. And, yeah, yeah. She's, she's decided, yeah, her or the ESPN's decided that her skill set is outside of sports. Well, they did a buyout. I think it was like a $6 million buyout, yeah. which I would take $6 million if anybody wants to fire me. That's, <laughs> that's a good it's a good deal. Yeah, and I'm – so I don't choose to – I don't watch any of those where there's two guys either yelling at each other or, you know, just yeah. aggressively debating. I don't choose any of that stuff. I get why ESPN does that because they You became, get that every morning. <laughs> I was waiting I for somebody to say that. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, I, but I've never, I've never enjoyed that kind of stuff. But I do think ESPN still kind of – owns the market as far as if someone's going to turn on the television and they are looking for sports, at least for me personally, I always start on my channel or on my TV. It's 1602. I always yeah. start with 1602. Well, and, and the biggest and – the, and the thing that people have fought with these games and these programs going to Fox Sports 1, which has some alternatives to your tradition, people can't remember the channel. That's the reality of it. ESPN for so long was ingrained in everybody's brain – and whatever your cable channel or whoever your provider is, that is much that's much easier for people to recall than it is Fox Sports One or Fox Sports Two or whatever it happens to be on that end. So see, I just have the apps and I just stream mm. for, from the apps, and it's the easiest. The only thing that stinks about streaming is that you have to be dedicated to whatever you're watching. So yeah. I can't flip back and forth between you know a, a you know Fox and CBS. I have to physically right. use the app and, and stream it to different yeah. uh, devices. But and when it comes to games, I mean, it's it's I'll watch whatever channel I have to find whatever game on. So I'm not really particular. And I do Monday Night Football. I'll I'll do all of it because I have a disease. And it's well. And I the reason I absolutely love ESPN is the watch ESPN. I love not being chained to my couch to be able to watch stuff. I can go to the beach. And I can watch football or live all the on apps. the beach. Or, or a wedding. Sports, CBS. Or a wedding. <laughs> or a wedding, sure. All but of I those apps, think. you can watch it live or, or stream it to your device. If you have something like a Chromecast or, or Roku, mm-hmm. you can stream it to those devices, too. But as far as programming outside of games, your point, Blythe, is that people are – you believe people are – going away from that or the change you personally don't yeah i mean the, the, the numbers prove it espn has had yeah. their worst years and in, in the past two years have been their worst as far as ratings are concerned and that's why they're doing all this reshuffling they, they tried to do this reshuffling i think like you know six to eight months ago with these new shows and they haven't worked out it's actually been disastrous and so they're that's why they're making more lineup changes and they're they're these changes i think were were seen because john skipper is out and he was the one that instituted all of these new shows um, so now that the new CEO is in there, he's making his own changes and he's looking at the numbers, which he probably should have looked at all along as to what his audience really wants. But I wonder if it's too late. Well, and to Donna's point, if you're looking for specific information on your team, you don't need SportsCenter. No. You, need, you don't even really need television. You can go to your team's Twitter account. You can find all of the highlights or you can go to the, for instance, MLB well, app. You can get all the highlights. Twitter there. as well. And Twitter streams games now. Yeah. Which the Thursday night changes. Games. Yeah. yeah. So what ESPN has to do is try and figure out how to keep up with how all to that. bring yeah. right those people in. And you know, I think a long time ago they had started with that concept of ESPN Los Angeles and Boston and Chicago. But I, they almost need like ESPN for each team. They don't they have, have the reporters. budgets anymore. It's right. expensive. It's very expensive. Yeah. And they're the middleman. I mean, they, they they don't have the exclusive rights to to certain sports. And and they're these networks are, are finding out that the money is in running your own network. 
That's why you see certain teams have their own network and, and with the, the Yankees and, and the Red Sox. And when you own your own content, that's where, that's where I think the future of sort of sports consumption is, is going to be. And I, I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this later on. But, the, you know, the, the, the pay-per-view model, I think that's where a lot of sports con- consumption will be going. Because UFC, uh, even wrestling, has seen tremendous success by going on the pay-per-view model. And, and I think that's where a lot of these sports networks are going. A lot of European sports have made the transition from moving away from women as eye candy in the sports world. So one of the best shows on television, which is HBO's Real Sports, is one of my favorite shows to watch. They did a story last week on cheerleaders in sports and if they're empowering or eye candy. So after watching the story on HBO's Real Sports, I knew we had to talk about it this week on on Helmets and Heels. So here's our perspective on if the American sports leagues are going to be following Europe's lead. I know you guys watch uh, Hard Knocks, but do you watch Real Sports, HBO's Real Sports? Not as much as I would like to, Hmm. because I know there's some really good stuff done on there and people keep oh you got to see this and I just don't ever think about like when I'm going through things to watch I always go to Netflix you right. know but I need to uh, I need to give them a shot well one of their recent uh, sorry they, they come out with a new show about once every month and they really start kicking things into high gear when, when, when football season comes up and one of their stories that they debuted last week was about cheerleaders and their role in American sports and the, the sort of the, I guess, the description of the show is, says, as the role of women in society has evolved, some are asking if the hypersexualization of cheerleaders and dancers is appropriate. HBO's Real Sports correspondent John Frankel examines the issue here in the States and also in the UK where the number of roles for, for female entertainment or female entertainers in sports is on the decline. And they actually went to a few different sporting events in the UK. One of them in particular was a darts competition. And they're talking to the guy that puts on the events. And he said years ago, he's like, I'm a showman. You know, I, I, my job is to put on a show, an entertaining show, and to make my broadcast partners happy and to make the, the, the fans who are watching make them happy as well. And so he introduced – years ago, he introduced uh, walk-on girls, which is when they, the dart competitors, when they walk up on stage to, to start competing, they have an attractive woman walk with them. And their broadcast partners two years ago said, we don't like this anymore. And we want you to get rid of it. And he said, well, my broadcasters pay my bills. And if they don't like it, I don't like it. And since they got rid of it, they've seen zero decrease as far as like ratings, fan engagement. They said that more women are starting to show up at these events. And that's what led, I think, this this story and, and the debate on the role of women, particularly in American sports and how they see their their role evolving and and they go to to Denver and they talk to the you know the the cheerleading director there and they they you know they talk to her and and, and find out does she think that this is demeaning and of course you know it's her job she's going to defend the right for you know she says that the feminist movement is about a woman's choice and then you go to some of these other people who are one named in particular was a Jets head coach not head head coach but a Jets coach for defensive backs, Colette Smith, she's a former football player. And she absolutely hates the idea of, of cheerleaders on the sidelines because she looks around the sidelines. She's supposedly the only woman on there. And then she looks around and she sees cheerleaders. And that, that's the dynamic that she's sort of faced with. So it sort of brings me to my next question. that you Do you think, as far as like cheerleaders in particular, do you think that the role 
of them in, in sports nowadays should be decreased? Should they get rid of them altogether? Uh, what are sort of your take on it? I think that they should do what the Rams and Saints did. I think they should add male cheerleaders. Which they used to actually have. They used to have male cheerleaders in the NFL. I don't see what's so wrong about – I love the – I don't watch a lot of college football, but I love the cheerleaders for college football. Mm. I absolutely love it because they are cheerleaders. And they're – yeah, that's different than, say – the, what are the Jaguars? The, the roar. The roar. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I was going to say the not, rage. That's not right. The, the NFL cheerleaders to me are are tr- they're a lot like trying to attempt to be the NBA dancers, mm-hmm. and that doesn't work, you know, because a lot of times you can't really see them, but at college games you see those cheerleaders. They're getting you into the game. I love that. I wish that they would turn it more into that. If you take away cheerleaders, is it going to send more women to the stands, to the games? No. Is it going to decrease numbers in men? No. It's not going to make a difference if you take them away. But I just think it would be a lot more fun if you get it more as a college type of sideline atmosphere. That's what I would like to see. Um, I don't really have a preference either way. It doesn't bother me that they're there, and I don't. If they did away with them, it wouldn't affect I mean, my viewing one way or the other. NFL only or in general? Um, it, it, well, it, it, for the sake of this conversation, I think it's NFL because they're – because of the way they're portrayed in the outfits they wear. And, well, it's also and the, the, the NBA, like the NHL's right, ice girls. versus like true cheerleaders and dance. I mean, the, the Roar are more of a dance squad. They're called cheerleaders because they're on the sideline, but they dance. I mean, and, and the, I don't know that they exactly lead people in cheers, but whatever. Um you know, the, when I think when I think NFL cheerleaders, the first that comes to mind are the Dallas Cowboy right. cheerleaders, and this is like this big pride thing, and they did this whole series on becoming a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, and they take it very serious. And for a lot of these girls who were palm girls in co- college who want to keep dancing and want to start other careers and performance and stuff, it's a good. I mean, I think it's something they use to like help promote their careers, yeah. and they want to become models and things like that. So. I, again, it, it doesn't bother me either way. I, I'm curious when they say their their purpose has changed or their their reason for being there has changed. What was the reason to begin with? Well, they started. They they go into the history of cheerleaders in. in I mean, sports. like again, cheerlead. One thing actually re- leading a crowd in a mm-hmm. cheer. Mm-hmm. I like get B, aggressive. Yes, B E. Oh, <laughs> just so, like that. So annoying. or R E B O U N D rebound. Listen, I used to be a cheerleader, so I get it. Um. <laughs> To me, that's, again, separate than what has turned into dancing in scantily clad outfits and, and high heel boots. And that they, uh, there was a costume maker that they, they didn't profile her, but they mentioned her in the story that the costume maker that, that makes uh, for cheerleaders all over and dancers all over, that they're already getting requests for uh, full more fuller coverage as yeah. far as outfits are concerned. Yeah, I mean, like, it, my daughter thinks they're awesome. And I'm like, and she wanted pom-poms like it and, like, the boobs are hanging out and all that stuff, and you're kind of like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's and that's, it's kind of a, I don't know. And that's what Colette Smith, the, the, and the I don't want to offend anybody because those women are doing what they love, right. and, and I don't want to tear that down and and insult it again because it doesn't bother me. But um, I don't know. That, well, that's what Colette Smith uh, sort of hinted at the defensive backs coach for the Jets, and and she said that look, these are talented, these are trained athletes that are out there on the field cheering. She's like, but. 
they're being objectified. And so in sort of combat to that, and I'm sure this is a, a passion of hers anyways, but she started a girls camp, a girls football camp because she wants to teach little it's, girls right, confidence. It shouldn't be the only option for girls. Right. Well, and what, if I mean, do you think, you know, do you think high school cheerleaders are being objectified? Do you think college cheerleaders are being objectified? No, Why is I it think just because NFL? Of what they wear. Because of what they wear. Yeah, I do think. 100% what they wear. I think the NFL cheerleaders, it, it yeah. seems encouraged to. NBA too. So when they dance, I mean, so let's just be honest. To wear, it's provocative. I know, yeah. but I mean. The whole stomach showing. Right, but if you're looking at the college cheerleaders and they're getting thrown up in the air, splits are, their legs yeah. are wide open in these tiny little skirts, I don't see a difference mm. at all in my opinion. My problem with the NFL cheerleaders, getting a damn straight line. If you're going to be dancers, I want to see those straight lines because that bothers me all to heck. It's funny because what bothers me is when I, especially like when I ever work the sidelines and I'm profusely sweating and my hair's a mess. <laughs> no, I and I look down There's at, the, none. at the roar of other people. Yeah, and they have their hair done and it's 9,000 degrees yeah. and their makeup's perfect and their hair's perfect. And I don't understand how they aren't f- just profusely also sweating. Dry shampoo and sentence spray. I don't get it. but <laughs> I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. <laughs> But at the same time, I think if as long as they feel like what they're doing is is a fun, enjoyable thing and they right. feel like they're contributing, they're... then go for it. But we've heard a lot of yes. cheerleaders who say it's not worth the money. Well, or then they that were point, asked to do inappropriate things. Sure. I can't at remember point, the most recent yeah. one. Uh, the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. Then you've got to you've got to draw the line as a person and say, OK, I'm not going to get involved in this. But like, Blythe, you know, one of the cheerleaders that I know this is her first year and it seems like she absolutely loves it and has no complaints. So and it's a good thing. Go for it. And a lot of a lot of NFL teams require I know the Broncos are one of them. They require all of their cheerleaders to either have a full time job or to be going to school full time. And they profiled a, a chick who's actually a, an aerospace like an aerospace engineer. So she's a legitimate rocket scientist. And she's also a Denver Broncos cheerleader. And yeah. she's like, I made this choice. This is what the feminist movement is about yep. for me. This is my choice to do it. But then on the other side of it, you have other women that say, yes, that is your choice to do it, but you're contributing to the overall objectification of women and your short-term loss as far as like losing your job is for the long-term gain of all of us. And I, That sounds I, to me like, a, like jealousy. That, that's what it sounds to me. The women that are like so against it, it sounds like, well – if I can't do it or look like you, I don't want you to do it either. Which very well That's could be the case too for to me. for some women. But I I I don't know. I I I look to this guy that that you know is the broadcast partner or he's he's in charge of putting on these events for a dart competition, and he he gets rid of it because <laughs> his broadcasters and the sentiment is changing. I mean, who, so I who, who, right? has, <laughs> who has ring girls, if you yeah. will, or hype girls for a dart tournament? Racing has it. Uh, UFC oh. has has. No, you get me. No, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me and on those monster things, I mean, girls. The, the bo- boxing and all that, I just think it's funny that d- the dart well, formula, community. For, well, Formula One, too, got rid of all, all of their, um, I guess, the, the girls who were responsible for, like, you know, giving you a kiss on the cheek after you win a race yeah. or something. They, they got it's, – it's more of, like, a European trend now to get rid of these women that yeah. are in roles that are – they're being objectified. Yeah, and if you're physically active, whether it's on the sidelines or whatever you're doing, by all means, go for it. But if well, you are there as a show pony, basically – then I think at that point What's they the need difference? to figure it out. Well, because if you're active always had it. and you're contributing, then I, I'm all for it. Even if you're not leading necessarily the, the people, the fans in cheers, if you're performing for the fans, then that's a, that's a valid reason to be out there. Yes, if you are simply there for show, then maybe that is a little bit more of objectification as far as the next generation. I don't know concerned. that I've ever seen an ugly cheerleader, though. Isn't the whole thing mm. a show, though, guys? I <laughs> yeah. mean, like a it's football the, the game is a show. 
So it's all entertainment. They just absolutely. put what people want to watch. And finally, this topic on the Jacksonville Landing mass shooting incident that happened over the weekend was particularly difficult for me. I'm very close with a lot of the gamers in the community, and to say the shootings in my community over the weekend were heart-wrenching is really to put it lightly. But even after tragedy, I'm a firm believer that there's reasons to keep faith, and there's reasons to look for hope, and there's reasons to always look for the helpers after tragic times like this. So here's our discussion on what these events meant to us and how it impacted our lives over the weekend and how we think change will be affected in the future. A lot of times on this show, we do really silly and fun topics. But at other times, there are things like domestic abuse that we want to discuss and weigh in because this is one of the only all-female sports talk radio shows. And we like to be able to give our perspective that may not be voiced throughout the day on, on different sports entities. The shooting that happened in Jacksonville on Sunday is something that is not just tragic and senseless, but something that's really hard to even connect to Jacksonville because for those of us born and raised here, nothing like this has ever really happened. And we're proud of the city where we live. And while the landing may not be a destination that we recommend to people, like Lauren texted me over the weekend and asked me for places to eat on the water, the landing never entered my mind as a place that I would recommend, not because it's in a terrible area, it's downtown, that part's fine, but just it's no longer kind of the happening place. But all that aside, it doesn't really matter. And the sad part is that someone lost his mind and instead of reacting with words, reacted with violence and violence that took the lives of two people, including, well, and then in addition to himself, it's hard to put into words the immediate reaction that I had knowing that I knew someone that was there. And I've always been terrified of mass shootings. Honestly, everywhere I go, I look around and I scan to see who has a backpack in a place that they shouldn't, who looks like their eyes are darting around and they're suspicious. And it's all because these shootings happen now at an alarming rate and they don't seem to be stopping. But knowing that I knew someone there when I first found out the news Of course, the first thing I did, like most of us, I got on Twitter. I checked that Ryan Bonifant, who used to be the producer for Frank's show, was okay, and he was. Tears streaming down my face, knowing, A, he's okay, but B, he just lived through the scariest thing that you could ever go through. And it's hard for me to to imagine the pain and suffering that those families are now dealing with and that everyone who was there is dealing with. But more importantly... I want to be able to share that through Ryan that this is not who the gaming community is because it it does shed a really negative light on this really special community of people. And just like the shooting that happened Friday night at the football game at Reigns, that has nothing to do with the people who are great with high school football. And this shooting has nothing to do with the people that are great in the gaming community. Blythe, you've been around it for a long time. How did you feel when you first found out the news and how did you react? Uh, when I first found out the news, it was actually uh, my boyfriend had sent me a text and, and said what was going on. I immediately went to Twitter because I was actually getting ready to go to an event that one of the, the leaders in the community, Ryan Thompson, who is the founder of GAM, which stands for Games, Art, and Music. I, I've worked with him for years, and that's who I immediately thought of. And then your phone starts 
starts blowing up with with relatives and people from all over the country reaching out and asking if you're okay. And it's just that sort of just realization, and you just feel helpless, and and, and you're not you don't know what to do. And and but then you look to and. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm, I'm getting the news, you know, updates just as much as, as as anybody else. And then I sort of like, you know, you just pull yourself together and end up going to the event because I didn't even want to leave the house. And but I ended up going to the event. I, I, I see Ryan there, who's helping out his wife Holly, who owns a, a fashion truck uh, called Bell Boulevard. And he was manning the, you know, the cash register inside and still scanning Twitter nonstop to get more updates on this news because he's worked with with Cliff, who owns um, GLFH. Uh, he worked with him for years and all of the game events. That's usually where the after party is. And, and that's where they have these streaming parties. And and it's such a, a wonderful community that immediately after it happens, people are reaching out. How can I help? How can I donate? What can I do? And you see these people around town that immediately just jump to helping. And I think that that's the one takeaway that you can have from something like this is that when, when, when something like this happens is you look for the helpers and you look for the people who want, who have hope and who want to help each other out. Because the, yes, this one guy, he suffered from you know mental illness and he somehow was able to, to, to grab a hold of a firearm, but it was also rumored by some of the, the, the staff at this particular, you know, live stream event that they had a weird vibe about this guy and he was carrying around a backpack and and this was a situation. But what do you do? Do you do you call the police because you have a, a weird vibe about someone? And he was there for two days before he he lost a game and then ended up opening fire in in the middle of an event that it, it, the, these events go on all the time in Jacksonville. It, it, for I heard Ryan say on on uh, WJCT yesterday that he it, there's four or five events that go on live streaming events in Jacksonville every single week. And this is a community that rallies together. This is a community that supports each other. And I think since then, it's sort of what really is what the gaming community is, is that they were all starting to come together. I mean, you saw GoFundMe pages already being created. You see T-shirts that have already been created with 100% of the proceeds going to the the, the victims and, and first responders. I think Void is doing a T-shirt. Um, Kelly from the Daily Rally, who, who also has a T-shirt um, that they're selling. And, and, and that's where... It's sort of like it eases your anxiety, I think, a little bit. Like it, it, it's so tragic that this happened and it happened in our city and it, and it, it, it God, and it was captured on, on a live stream for God's sakes. And, but afterwards and after sort of the, the dust settles as much as it can, you, you look to these other people and these other people within the majority of the community who do represent the positive vibes from this community because they are, they are out there. They are helping the very next night. There was a live stream event to benefit the victims at another place in town called Keg and Coin, and it was to it, and it was one of those things where these these players and and, and these live streamers and they, they treat this as a profession, and they didn't want that negative connotation to be stuck with them. So since then, there's been several live stream events just to benefit the victims and, and the first responders, and and that's why I say to look for the helpers because that's the only real positive that can come out of this. Well, and you mentioned what can you do? Call the police. No, not necessarily that level, but I think there can be bag checks at, and I'm not blaming them, but most of places where we go nowadays, I I am fine with some sort of something you yep. walk through and I, I, then I, checking. And if you have a concealed weapon and you have your permit, you show it and you move along. And and this was actually an EA sponsored event, and EA technically is responsible for 
for providing security for events like this. I know with GAM, every single event, you go through metal detectors. Even, you know, there's a lot of cosplayers there. So if you have what looks like a weapon, they will put zip ties around it. So they, they do take safety as an extreme precaution. And I'm sure that EA will look at events like this in the future and will, will, will adjust their security appropriately. But it's just it just sucks that this is... You know, gamers have always had that connotation that, oh, well, you know, the, the, the violence in video games affects their personality. And it's like, no, this is a mental illness problem because people play video games all the time and nothing ever – nothing like this ever crosses their mind. And so to, to, to come away from this just knowing that the local community and even, you know, as far as the global community, the global gaming community, they're all sort of rallying together so that this doesn't – define a community that is is doing nothing but growing and, and, and doing a lot of positive things. Donna, you're about to bring a baby into this world. How did you react when you Right now, she's going to do it right now. I know. I'm telling you, man, right now I'm just breathing. JJ, um, can you deliver a baby? <laughs> um, well, it sucks because, uh, and, and you might have had this too, Rue. Um, we got the letter sent home yesterday uh, that said, they're, okay, we're going to show – the kids, these videos of what to, you know, of the drills of what happens if there's a bad guy on campus. Mm-hmm. So here's links, and they have different videos for like kindergarten through second grade, and then second grade through fifth. Um, here's a link you can go on, watch it, have the conversation if you want, sign the paper if you don't want your kid to watch it. You know, you never know. And my kid who cries at Lego Batman movie because he thought Batman was dying, I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this because. My son's going to freak out, you know. Um, but no, uh, you know, a five-year-old was just, well, that's fine. He'd come in and I'll just punch him in the nose. I'm like, I love you, sweetheart. I love how innocent and, and easy it is right now. Yeah. So for, you know, five and under, it's it's simple right now because they just, they don't know anything um, other than they think they're superheroes and they can take down all the bad guys. So Which it's not a bad conversation to have. And in this situation, JSO was on the scene within two minutes. Yeah. what I heard. Two minutes. It was impressive, the first responders, those firefighters, mm-hmm. it, the story of them it, just the going JSO in with no Twitter tactical feed. gear. Yeah. It, their, their Twitter feed is, is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. They were keeping people Their 9 p.m. routine is yes. awesome. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a great police department yeah. for so, Lauren, you have the six-year-old, but you also have a nine-year-old who's right. probably a little more aware of been, yes. what's been going on. How do you handle it in your home? So, when this happened, <clears throat> we were out to eat, and we didn't say we spoke in parent code, left out key details, and then people were calling us because what happens when you move to a city and then something happens, people automatically freak out and think, oh, God. So, after we calmed everybody down and let them know that we weren't in that part of town when this happened and it didn't involve us... Um, my son was like, what are you talking about? We're like, oh, we'll talk about it later. So we went about our day, went back to the house, and we kind of looked at each other, Daniel and I did. I said, listen, before he goes to school, we're going to have to at least walk him through this as carefully as we can without stepping on any big-time um, things that we're going to have to explain later. What we didn't want to do is then show up to school and somebody say something and it scared the crap out of him and him come home with all these other ideas without at least hearing it from us first. So – we, we we walked through it as carefully as we could. We said um, there was a, a shooting today at a place where a guy got really upset and he hurt some people and a couple of people died. And we didn't go into the video game because my son is a huge Madden 19. I mean, he loves playing Madden. And what I didn't want to do is plant this seed in his head that 
one is connected to the other. If, if you get invited somewhere to go play a video game, you know, I mean, kids' brains do things, and maybe I'm overcautious at times, but I left that part out. So he came home from school yesterday, and I was, uh, well, I don't remember what we were doing, but he said, hey, um, nobody said anything about what happened yesterday. This was Monday, of course. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah, nobody said anything about it. And we said, okay, do you have any other questions? No. And the same to our daughter. Do you have any qu- And she's even younger. So it's when they have an older sibling, whatever you tell one sometimes ends up you have to tell the other maybe sooner than you plan on because they hear it from their brother or sister. So uh, that, that's the reality, though. I've, I've told my kids more about gun violence than I have where they came from. I'm just being honest. No, and I heard you say that on the Midday Chalk, and I had never really thought about that. That I understand the, the gun violence and, and the information that we have to disseminate to the youth because it is happening so much more frequently. But I had never really thought about the comparison with, you know, we always joke about parents having to talk to their kids about the birds and the bees mm-hmm. and, and how they came into this yeah. world. And the fact that your kids know less about that than, than either what to do if, if a shooter right. comes into school or the results of what has been happening. And I think for me, the saddest part of all of this has been knowing that this is not the last time we will hear about something like this happening. It happened in our city, which brings it closer to home. But we all know that, that this is not the last shooting that we'll hear about. And that breaks my heart because there's no way that we can tell our youth and our kids that you're not going to have to hear about this or you're not going to have to go through this. We just have to now tell them and educate them on what to do if the situation presents itself in their lives. And that is 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 really a struggling point for me because growing up, there were no shooter drills in my school. There, I never went to a high school football game and had to hit the ground like like kids did on Friday night. And I don't know how – I don't know the solution. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I'm smart enough to figure one out. All I know is security-wise for me, I am okay with increased security in places I go. I'm okay if that causes a longer line and I have to learn to be more patient. But I don't know how to fix the end issue, which is kids are not safe in high schools or even younger than that. And gamers or other people at sporting events or concerts, like the Las Vegas shooting happened not too long ago, they're not safe anymore. And you have to think about it. And I hate that that has crept into the consciousness of all of our society. That part is is something that I I don't know if I was a mom yeah. how I would communicate that to my kids that this is going to keep happening. That That is just a, a real struggle. I think you, it's – you just – it's such a complicated issue and it's a politicized issue now. And obviously, you know, m- mental health is a, is a huge concern. And, and the only thing you really can do it, or it, it should be a greater concern, I, I guess I should say. And the only thing you really can do is is what you have in your control. And, and that's to look for the helpers. That's to be nice to people. It costs nothing to be nice to someone. And I, 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 I go back to this story because I, I think that it, it, it helps. That I, I have a, a good friend of mine that I've been friends with for years and um, just, ca- or just got connected with a new friend. And this new friend knew my childhood friend because he stuck up for him 
in high school. He was a new person. He had just moved over, him and his family, from Bosnia. And there were a bunch of kids, like, making fun of him. And my friend was the one who stood up for him and said, I think he's a good guy. And that kid took that – or that kid at the time took that with him and had it for the rest of his life. Now he's he's pushing 30, and he remembers that guy because of that nice thing that he said about him. And I think that that's all you really can do is is to just be a nice person and to – if you're not a nice person today, wake up tomorrow – and, and try to be a nicer person. And, and that's and and that that's really all you can do is just control what you can control. And and I, I don't want to go through life with like the, the feeling of being scared every time I'm out in a public place. And that was part of the reason why I forced myself to go out on, on Sunday, that I didn't want to let, you know, some idiot who has a clearly a mental health issue that is gonna rob me of my freedom and my enjoyment. And and I, I I just think that a, a lot of people should just take those steps that they can take and, and do what they can control. Yeah, and it did affect me. I needed to go to the grocery store of all places on Sunday before we went over to my parents' house for dinner. And I was like, I don't want to go to the grocery store by myself. Just for right now, the way I'm feeling and, and what's been going on this whole weekend, I just don't want to go by myself. I want someone else there with me. And that is such a trivial thing that we all do on a daily basis. And yet it affected me, mm-hmm. not because I was so paranoid, but just I just wanted someone mm-hmm. with me almost at all times until the day passed. And I you know, woke up with the sun shining the next day, although it was raining yesterday morning. But regardless, uh, still, I wanted another day. And then that day comes and you go, OK, life is somewhat back to normal. And this city is not a horrible place. And not everyone is a horrible person. And I love the sentiment of, of be nice to people and look for the good that happens. I just hope and pray that we don't have to talk about this stuff anymore. And by the way, uh, again, shout out to Blake Bortles for providing food for those first responders. We got food delivered tonight from Stan from Mambo's because I wanted to thank Mambo's publicly on air also mm-hmm. for what they did. I briefly mentioned this during the discussion, but if you wanted to make a donation that helps the victims in the Jacksonville Landing mass shooting, you can also search for Gamers Give Back GLHF on GoFundMe's website. GoFundMe is a popular website for crowd-based funding in which you can show support monetarily with uh, different levels of contribution. So if you want to go to their website, GoFundMe.com, just search for Gamers Give Back GLHF. And you should be able to find a suitable donation amount uh, that you can make to directly help the victims of this terrible, terrible event that happened over the weekend here in Jacksonville. Now, there are also a couple local companies that are selling T-shirts that benefit the victims and first responders. Void Magazine has a link to their shop on the front page of voidlive.com. And there you can find two T-shirts both with the Jacksonville skyline, where 100% of the proceeds go to local first responders. Now, the other company I mentioned is called The Daily Rally, which is selling a Rally for Jacksonville t-shirt on their Instagram page, and proceeds go to help the victims from the attack. You can find their Instagram at the, T-H-E, Daily, D-A-I-L-Y, Rally, R-A-L-L-Y, and there you can DM them about the t-shirts for sale. You can also see an image of the t-shirts for sale and all of those proceeds go to the victims from the attack. Now, I know it's not easy to talk about these kind of things, but as I said in the show, in times of turmoil, I look for the helpers. Our community certainly has a lot of them and they all deserve a standing ovation for coming together so quickly. Now, next week, we will be back 
to have another show where we are going to be featuring several women from the Jacksonville local market who have a tie to sports broadcasting. So be on the lookout for those interviews in the coming weeks. But until next time, be sure to visit guysgirl.com for all the latest and greatest. And if you like this show, catch the full live stream on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search for Guys Girl Media, G-U-I-S, Girl Media, and smash that subscribe button, tap the bell, and you'll be notified anytime we go live or post a new video. We usually only post a new video and go live once or twice a week, so we're not going to bug you with super crazy amount of notifications. But until then, I love y'all. And remember, it costs nothing to be nice to people. We need more of that in today's world.